Welcome to the Broken to Unbroken podcast with Dr. Nick Askey, where we dive deep into how to eliminate pain and continue to train. All right, guys, so get another solo shot with me. Uh, we're going to talk about a long-awaited topic with a lot of people knowing that I'm in San Antonio. Uh, so we're going to talk about the whole Kawhi Leonard situation. Uh, for those of you that are not well acquainted with basketball, you can probably just fast forward through this episode because it will not make much sense, nor will you care. Uh, and so sorry for leaving some people out, but it, you will pick up some pearls on sports psychology and things like that and how to deal with different kinds of athletes uh, if you do want to hang on. But the context uh, will not make much sense. So uh, for those of you that were not aware, uh, there was a lot of news regarding Kawhi Leonard, especially here in San Antonio, uh, about him only playing nine games last season and being out with a quad tendinopathy. Uh, Tony Parker made some comments on how his injury was 100 times worse, uh, which I would agree because ripping something in half is a lot worse than just having a, uh, a tendinopathy. Um, so... To be clear, I have not worked with Kawhi Leonard. I do not know him personally. Uh, we are not buddies. We are not pals. I have nothing against him as a person. Uh, I do believe that he could have uh, dealt with this a lot better. Uh, but the past is in the past. Uh, that's all about pro sports and media stewing stuff up. Um, but we will talk about uh, how to deal with personalities like his, because you don't have to know him to know he is introverted. He is shy. He is quiet. He will let others speak for him before he speaks up for himself. You don't have to be his best friend or known him since he was a child to know this. Um, so the, some key takeaway points here are uh, Kawhi Leonard, you, you, you do need to speak up. Uh, because if you don't tell your story, uh, the media will do it for you, or your Uncle Dennis will do it for you, or your sister will do it for you on Instagram. And none of those have worked out favorably in the past uh, or in the present, because your Uncle Dennis, uh, like Kawhi's ever going to listen to this, because uh, we have like four total subscribers, but Uncle Dennis is Kawhi's uncle. I, he's been a father figure because Kawhi Leonard's uh, father was killed uh, and he was shot at a car wash, I believe. Um, but his uncle is similar to LeVar Ball to where he doesn't know when to shut his mouth, uh, is more in it for personal gain than the gain of the athlete he would represent is trying to professionally represent himself as an agent when he doesn't really have a background in it. Uh, so I believe that's something you should leave to professionals and not family members and uh, people that just crawl back into your life when you make lots of money. So uh, that is some, another lesson that you can learn is you, you let the experts take care of things that experts take care of. Uh, LeBron James didn't go to his high school buddy and go, Hey, do you want to manage my, my stocks and my bonds? And do you, Hey, do you have another friend who could maybe be my agent? Uh, and do, does your friend's girlfriend want to be my PR person? No, like, 
but don't have your sister and your uncle be your social media and your agent. Like you're a professional athlete making $20 million a year. Go spend some money, find some professionals that will help you navigate through this. So that is the first thing. So you can't judge the Spurs medical team uh, purely on a diagnosis because sometimes these tendinopathies, yeah, they aren't as severe of an injury, but they fixed Tony Parker's knee when he ripped his tendon in half and he came back and had a very respectable season uh, enough to where he was marketable enough for a team to pick him up for a couple of years at his age. So they did a great job. And uh, in, in, there's a lot of diagnoses that they are more than they are on paper. And I didn't see him. I didn't examine him. Uh, but a tendinopathy, there are a lot of things that are consistent principles that no matter what it is on paper, there are concepts that you need to rehab it with. And that's basically you need to load the tendon. Uh, if you don't load a chronic tendinopathy, it's not going to get better. So, what is going to happen is you, if you have two different personalities, let's say you have Russell Westbrook, who is like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. He plays pretty much every minute of every game, no matter if he is half dead or he feels great, he's going to go full speed. Um, Westbrook would have played through that. Like you would have had to sit him down and tell him to stop. And he, he would have probably not listened. Um, whereas Kawhi Leonard's opposite end of the spectrum, where still a great player, he's still a great person, but he is more on the Eeyore end of the spectrum to where he is going to be more intimidated by pain. Um, especially when you see David Lee, Tony Parker, Roberson, all these guys are ripping their quad tendons in half. So you have an already introverted, shy personality who is going to be a little bit more apprehensive to push through pain. Then you have all these guys dropping around him, rupturing their quad tendons, and he's got pain. So to rehab a tendinopathy, you need to push through about a three to four out of 10 on the VAS scale in pain. Whereas Westbrook, he may go out there and hammer through an eight out of 10 and go, whatever, man, like, let's just go because I'm the only guy on this team before last year. Um, but now you have Kawhi to where he's got all this apprehension and anxiety and just his very reserved personality that are going to make him stop at a one out of 10. So if you stop at a one out of 10, you're never going to get enough functional load on the tendon to get enough vascular supply and remodeling of the tendon for it to heal, regenerate and remodel. So I said from the beginning that he needs someone to sit down with him and educate him on what okay pain is and what not okay pain is and know that there is always a risk of tendon rupture. But the, the vast majority of tendon ruptures, when you look at studies on the Achilles, uh, very few of them are symptomatic when they rupture uh, or early in the early stages before they rupture. Uh, and I think in upwards of 70% of Achilles tendinopathy or, or Achilles rupture, they may have a tendinopathy on imaging, but it may be asymptomatic. Um, when you look at the stats for, for patellar tendinopathy or quad tendinopathy and quad rupture, there's not as much on that, but I guarantee that 
the multiple ruptures in the NBA are going to drive more studies of that. And there are grants being written as we speak to do more studies on symptomatology, ultrasound findings, and then subsequent ruptures. So what we need to talk about is when you have two medical teams like Kawhi's team here, which I know multiple members of his team, they're great physicians, they're great doctors, they've done great things for a lot of people in, in San Antonio and the surrounding areas and the Spurs organization as a whole. And then you have this team out in New York. First of all, when, when you go on the other side of the country and the Spurs team, basically, it's my understanding that they were diagnosing this as a quad, quad tendinopathy, which is a blanket term for tendinosis and tendinitis, which is acute and chronic. Um, and just, and they were doing re-imaging, they were retesting, they had cleared him to play. He didn't feel he was ready to play. So he sought medical care in New York. And New York was apparently saying that his quad was weakened from a quad contusion that happened um, last year or, or two years ago, uh, two seasons ago. And that subsequently neurologically weakened his quad muscles so that he developed a secondary tendinopathy. There's my dog talking to the mailman now. So the re- that tendinopathy they were saying was secondary to uh, that quad contusion and they were rehabbing the quad contusion in conjunction with the tendinopathy. And I think the only way that Kawhi could get enough load on that tendon with the fear and apprehension and anxiety of rupture is in a controlled rehab environment or with blood flow restriction training to get adequate remodeling so that he can heal and recover and return to basketball. So if we look at the history of Kawhi, I don't know him as a person again, but when he rolled his ankle and sprained his ankle uh, in the finals against Golden State two seasons ago, they and this was in game one, uh, the Spurs were up and then they miserably got swept. The, they did an MRI on his ankle. He had zero structural damage in that ankle on MRI and he was still out the entire series. If you have zero structural damage on an MRI and you are, in my opinion, this is just the, the, the brutish hockey player in me, I guess you put some tape on that thing and you go out there and you play because you're making 20 plus million dollars a year and your team is going to get swept without you and you have all off season to rest. So you know that there's nothing that's hanging on by a thread. I can understand if he missed the whole series, if he had a high uh, risk of ripping his anterior talofibular ligament in half because there's only 20% fibers left. But there was no structural damage on that MRI. So why are you sitting down? Because most likely he processed this the same way. Yes, it's going to hurt. But you know there's nothing wrong with it mentally, so you throw some tape on it, you take a couple ibuprofen, and you go out there and you play three more games. Even if you get swept, it, that's just an opinion thing. But 
as, as if I was on his medical team, I would be, hey, there's no structural damage on this thing. So we're going to put you through the paces. We're going to get you on balance pads. We're going to have you doing a bunch of band work. We're going to do a bunch of single leg balance and proprioceptive control to get you stable. And you're going to, we're going to tape you up and you're going to go out there. But there was either varying opinions uh, or he was kind of pumping the brakes on this. And I know Popovich is very conservative on sending players back before they're mentally ready, but the personality does have a lot to do with that. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge played the whole season with a quad tendinopathy. That's why he had a heat pad on his knee. But every time he sat down on the bench, they handed him a towel, a Gatorade bottle, and a heat pad for his knee. And he's older than Kawhi Leonard. He's carrying a little bit more weight on his frame than Kawhi Leonard. And he played a ton of minutes. And it's just like, it's a mentality thing. Um, if you look at two completely different sides of the spectrum, like we compared Russell Westbrook with Kawhi, but to cross sports, uh, if you remember Robert Griffin III, uh, he was a phenom out of Baylor, uh, came out with the Redskins, had a great rookie year, but then he tore up his knee because his knee was hurting and he just went out there. He was stubborn. He didn't tell his coach. And he had a very severe knee blowout just because his knee was not stable. He had a trauma in combination with a fatigue injury. Um, but he also had very bad mechanics going in. If you look at, if you just type in on Google, RG3 combine broad jump, his knees are almost touching because of the valgus deformity in his knee. Uh, he had just has very poor movement patterns coupled with very high athleticism which is not a great combo a lot of times because people can out-athlete their way around good fundamental technique. So you have RG3 on one side of things being a very driven athlete and just kind of having this machismo uh, view on, okay, I got to get out there. I have to do this for my team and then blows his knee out. And then you have Kawhi Leonard who has his medical staff who has been trusted for years um, and People on our side with the fans going, hey, you've only played nine games. Like, when are you coming back? And never got shut down for the whole year because you didn't have the two medical teams communicating effectively on whether to just shut him down or if he's going to be back and try to play. And you have a more reserved, introverted athlete that isn't willing to push through enough stress to remodel and heal a damaged area and you have the anxiety of multiple people rupturing the exact same tendon around him so that was just kind of the perfect storm uh, with the Kawhi scenario if you look at somebody in the league like Derek Rose I don't think he's either one of those I think he's a very genetically gifted athlete I think that he, I don't think he resides on the Russell Westbrook or Kawhi side of things. I think he just has very unlucky genetics and he has very fragile connective tissues. That's why he shredded his knees, shredded his ankles. He is just, if he didn't get riddled with injuries, he would be a multiple time MVP and would probably be going into the Hall of Fame. But now he's signing one year deals for peanuts with uh, the Timberwolves. And 
that is just purely in my opinion uh, that he just has very fragile connective tissues because he would be motivated to where if there was a training error or a nutritional error or something that was able to be remedied without external influence, he would do it because he has millions of dollars in his career and his legacy on the line to where there are some people that just have softer cartilage. There are some people that are hypermobile to where they move too much and their muscles just don't have the control when they're fatigued to check those ligaments and protect them. So I just wanted to give my two cents on the Kawhi scenario because I've had a lot of people ask and please, this is purely opinion. Uh, this is not meant to attack anyone personally. This is just my pure, like literal outside observer scenario because I do live in San Antonio, but I was not part of the medical team. I was not consulted in any way. And I don't feel slighted that I was not consulted in any way. Um, it's just people are asking me because they know that I'm, I, I know sports and I know some of the people that were involved in this. Uh, but with HIPAA, I mean, I couldn't even interview any of those people because they're not going to tell me anything, nor do I really care. And they're not going to throw someone under the bus if there is something that is incriminating just because they're, they're not going to do that, especially when something is this new in the news because he just got traded away. Uh, but I just wanted to take some, some time and talk about that. And we are going to have a couple more guests coming up. I'm going to have my jiu-jitsu coach, Jerry Muskies, on the show uh, coming up here in the next couple weeks. But we're going to shoot for a couple solo episodes on one week and then an interview the following week. So we should have that two solo followed by one interview kind of format as long as things flow and I can get things scheduled. So thanks again. Enjoy the rest of your week. It's Friday here in San Antonio. So enjoy your weekend and uh, have a, a great productive rest of July. Thanks for listening, guys.